watch movies or TV shows If that's what you like You a stupid hoe With a book house kids Yeah, with a book house kids With a book house kids Bitch Bookhouse Kids Back in your life I am your host with the most, Caleb Gross Joined here as always by Mr. Steal Your Girl A.K.A. Jonathan O'Neill Hey, it's the Steal Your Girl John O. Edition here Guys, what's up? Yeah, and on today's episode, as promised We are talking about Watchmen It is a graphic novel written by Alan Moore And illustrated by Dave Gibbons Now, John O., you have high, high words for Alan Moore, correct? Yeah, like one of my favorite authors of all time i think even outside of the graphic novel medium you're talking i would you know compare him with uh some of the top dogs out there like dostoevsky uh you know phil k dick arthur c clark i think he's just as talented just as uh just as intellectual and he can write a graphic novel in the same way that those authors can write a, a novel you know and he is a true talent and i mean like for me this was the first graphic novel i've ever read so it was such like a nice change at pace as well because you have these beautiful illustrations by dave gibbons and i'm really enjoying the artwork but the writing is unbelievable it still is it is book quality and every chapter in this book or every edition because you could get it in 12 editions would end with um a nice little quotes like, or something like no that. They, well i mean it'd be like a nice excerpt in book form it wouldn't yeah, really be a graphic true. novel it kind of just switch to straight text and it would give you more background details yeah, on the book. Yeah, there's always these excerpts that give more like background information. A lot of right? people didn't read that shit, by the way, when they read this. Yeah, that's true. They just yeah. skip past that part because they like, just oh, want to. Yeah, like a book. I want to read the the pictures. Yeah, and they're missing <laughs> but, out because Alan Moore like put some of his. I mean, <laughs> like I would say my favorite part in the entire book is you know one of those excerpts at the end of the chapter. Oh yeah, I love that. Um, I love getting the background information, and it's really. Um, it's kind of nice getting those like little Easter eggs, I guess, and like kind of getting that really detailed information of all the the history. But sure. um, let's talk about the the movie, like. Uh, or we could uh, just talk about how bad the movie fucking sucks. I thought it was the best movie of all time. So I watched the movie. <laughs> the, and the first time I watched the movie, I thought it was decent. I don't That's know what why. Says. And yeah. then I uh, I read the I read the novel and I was like, oh, let me watch the movie. I'll probably like it more. That movie fucking sucked, yeah, man. man. That like, if anybody is like listening and watching movie and enjoyed it for sure go read the graphic novel because it's so much better it's just a completely different experience too like the i think it just can't be made into like a medium of a movie not at all and the acting in the movie is fucking horrible yeah. they made dr manhattan a bitch in the movie and i like I'll, every time he spoke it sounded like he was crying or he's holding back tears yeah, he's not supposed to have like no he's a stonic motherfucker yeah. you know what i mean yeah we're talking about, yeah i think alan moore always gets fucked with uh with his movie adaptations though like from hell was horrible some of them you just gotta yeah you just can't you can't give it up you can't give that licensing right because it's like you've already done it so well yeah but um anyways uh watchman definitely revolutionized the graphic novel medium and that's exactly what alan moore was intending to do here and it goes to show i mean like the book is on on times one 100 greatest novels of all time and that's not just for graphic novels that's for any books so i mean that's an incredible feat he did revolutionize graphic novels and kind of showed what they're capable of and after reading this i'm more you know open to reading another graphic novel especially in alan moore yeah dude um 
Especially, I, my favorite book by Alan Moore is From Hell, which hopefully we can do that at some point in the future. But we will. Uh, we all read it. Damn it. Yeah, but I, Watchmen, I have to. <laughs> Watchmen is definitely his most well-known book, and it it definitely deserves it because it's a fucking damn good book. Yeah, and let's like, buckle down and get into what the Watchmen are. Okay. So the Watchmen are a um, assortment of superheroes, mm-hmm. and I'll just like real briefly go over each character. We have Doctor Manhattan, which is one of the most powerful super- superheroes ever basically he has particle control he's able to reconstruct himself from particles he's unbelievably he's powerful transcendent yeah we have uh rorschach which is the crazy one of the bunch yeah a little fucked up but he's just like an uh yeah he's I like guess, a very a nihilist i guess you could yeah say. definitely like definitely, definitely a nihilist um uh and then you also have the night owl now this is the second night owl we'll get on that later we have lori jupiter which is silk specter's daughter yeah. we'll touch on that later and that would really be like the central composition of the watchman that and ozymandias and ozymandias is basically the founder who brought like the, the uh superheroes back on the map mm-hmm. and the wa- the reason i say that they brought him back on the map is prior to the watchman there were the minutemen mm-hmm. and then the minutemen were composed of uh I guess we can go with some of their yeah and we had i mean just to touch on them because they're really not as important to the story yeah but we have uh silk specter which as i said is lori jupiter's mom by the way lori jupiter and dr manhattan are banging in the book so that's pretty cool for lori because she's basically like banging blue dick god you know what i'm saying like i'm sure you guys have seen the movie or know who dr manhattan is he's blue and he's got a fat dick you know and he's just swinging that thing he always walks around naked i would too if i was had a body like that he's beautiful yeah, if I were God, I'd Good be like, God, yeah, yeah <laughs> it'd be a sin for him to put some clothes on, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, back to the uh, Minutemen here. The OGs. Yeah, the OGs of the group. We also have Dollar Bill, very minor character, Captain Metropolis, Mothman, both very minor characters. And that really is like the composition of the uh, Minutemen, that and them with Hooded Justice. And yeah, I guess the comedian is the most important of all the Minutemen. Yeah, comedian's the one who kind of transcends the group and continues, continues to, uh, to beat ass yeah. and fucking, well, I mean, beat ass in probably the wrong way. Yeah. He's basically I mean, like a government assassin. What I like about this book is that all, a lot of the superheroes are kind of reflections of, of superheroes within the DC universe or the Marvel universe as well. So, I mean, like you could look at Captain, or, I'm sorry, a comedian. You could look at comedian as like an uh, analogy of Captain America. Or Night Owl as Batman. Yeah. See, like Night Owl is like the like the rich version of Batman that has all the gadgets and whatnot. Ross Shark is like the fucked up, traumatized Batman. I mean, there's so many chapters that kind of point out this 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 theory so well and uh i think it's really great how he kind of transcends like the superhero genre with like this philosophical aspect no yeah and i think like one thing you said to me um that really like made a lot of sense about this book was it's the deconstruction of a superhero that's the main theme of the book exactly and like the book is so loaded there's so many um there's so many different themes in the book about uh uh, i guess existentialism uh about about war about uh, religion but the main theme in the book i think is is the deconstruction of superheroes yeah i mean and also like the societal like impact impact. of just having the superheroes around so when this dr manhattan character is introduced he has particle control as we said he's pretty much god and that is a transcendent human being time is not a factor for him he can see the future he can see the past but he understands that he's not able to change it uh one one great quote from him is we're all puppets 
puppets. I'm just a puppet that can see the strings. I love that. Yeah, it's such a good line. It's such a god line, really. Yeah, like he pretty much sees the past, present, and future. Um, he's a transcendent, transcendental uh, human, not human. He's a transcendental being. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's somebody who completely reconstructed himself. And I guess when he... And granted himself perme. It's like, yeah. there's nothing he can't do. Exactly. And when he first came to being, um, it was like around the 70s, after the Minutemen uh, kind of fell through. Uh, when he first came to being, that's what kind of stopped the superheroes or the vigilantes from this this whole fad from yeah. the superheroes from because this wasn't some guy shit. in a mask this was this was essentially like god this was a true superhero like a, this had true superpowers and the rest of these characters are just you know freaks well yeah i mean they they just kind of go out and uh you know they fight crime like the old-fashioned superheroes yeah just vigilantes vigilantes and this guy pretty much nullifies all of what they do yeah i mean he won us the vietnam war in this yeah. book watergate never happens nixon I, is like the president for like three terms or four yeah, terms Nixon's president for quite a while <laughs> yeah it's, it's just like a, a crazy different like alternate history in this book yeah and then there's um, a lot of tension between the nations because yeah when you know when dr manhattan hit the scene they introduced him as the first superhero yeah. exists and he's american yeah they actually say superman. and then they switch it to i said god exists and yeah. he's american and that puts more fear into everybody when that happens they talk about the fear like just not like between the nations of us having oh, yeah. the ultimate super weapon like it just puts everyone at un- unease because it changes everyone's idea of their religion of their uh viewpoint on life because there is like this essentially like a deity like this guy that destroys all concepts of what you think is is real and it kind of you know fucks with everybody in the world definitely and i mean none of the other you know vigilantes really had that impact no uh, the comedian did work directly with dr manhattan and with the government for yeah. that for that matter i mean i think dr manhattan and the comedian were the most tied with the government i think just due to their statuses yeah comedian and also the comedian's an easy person to control because he is pure evil in this book oh god yeah and he's uh yeah like when we were saying he's like patriotism to its extreme like he'll just kill like pregnant vietnamese women just because they're vietnamese over nothing and um the government uses him because well i mean it was his kid so yeah that's true <laughs> I, guess. I guess he did have some motive a little there. bit of reason not, i guess not a great motive but he had some i can't say i would do the same thing no but i probably wouldn't but <laughs> but yeah i mean uh the government kind of uses both of them more so dr manhattan but russia is like freaking out because um the nuclear war aspect we kind of think that it, there's no nuclear war that's going to happen anymore because we can deflect you know any attempts at nuclear war with dr manhattan exactly exactly um, and let's like jump into like the very beginning of this book yeah yeah, yeah and just yeah. kind of touch upon what all it really is about so it begins with the comedian being murdered yep and in this time period it starts off with all the superheroes jaded because um they're pretty much put to uh put to no use like uh, the only one who's still active is rorschach and he Rorschark, works on yeah. his own and doesn't communicate with the rest of the Watchmen. yep and uh yeah he's the first person to kind of like investigate the comedian's death and warshark no no big surprise here he's kind of a crazy person yeah automatically thinks once a comedian dies there's a masked killer out yep 
and it turns out to be true. Because from here on out, some weird things start to happen. Rorschach gets locked up. Dr. Manhattan gets exiled, accused of giving every person he's been in contact with cancer. You know, the Watchmen fall to pieces, which they already were in pieces. Yeah, but, but even they were being so. targeted. Yeah, like someone's trying to kill them off. And now, um, with this happening, though, the biggest the biggest implication of the Watchmen being you know murdered off is Doctor Manhattan's exile. Yeah, with him gone, nuclear Ru- war. Yeah, is Russia's looking to strike. Yeah, there's just all the newspapers are True showing nuclear like, holocaust yeah. heading our way and everyone's freaked out like it's the end of the world you know it's kind of apocalyptic throughout when everyone after he gets exiled to mars it's just like everyone's like uh on their deathbed essentially yeah i mean it's kind of cool like just thinking about dr manhattan when he just wants to fly the coop and get out and lay low he just goes to fucking mars but he hasn't he has a big plan i mean like i guess not a big plan but he knows what's going to happen he doesn't even truly have a plan though because it it does take Lori jupiter his girlfriend to go up to mars with him and talk him into you know saving the human race even though he knew that was going to happen eventually like he kind of has this it's just it's a weird concept like uh he he has this idea of like you know there's no uh, essentially he's a fatalist like he he there's no fate there's no destiny he just knows what's going to happen and like mm-hmm. Caleb said everything's I, I believe, preordained everything's preordained and he just kind of follows in the footsteps of what's going to happen and uh you know this 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 book really is so loaded um there's so many backstories to all the characters especially um uh, Dr. Manhattan like his his story of becoming Dr. Manhattan is super is really interesting every character has this uh certain path that led them to becoming this certain superhero Mm -hmm. and perhaps Uh, the darkest of all those would be Rorschach yeah Rorschach yeah (laughs) I call him Rorschach but uh it's because he's a shark that's uh that's out there to get prey no yeah I mean he's uh always a Rorschach (laughs) test but um he he has definitely the darkest like history of the Watchmen he fights crime out of pure malice he was abused as a kid his mom was a prostitute he watched people use her over and over and that kind of gave him that sour taste in his mouth and made him want to uh want to become yeah a vigilante and uh he's definitely the most nihilistic character out of the whole series um or i guess the book um you know there's one part of the book where a psychologist is trying to analyze him and trying to fix him Mm -hmm. And he ends up breaking the psychologist, which is really like fucked up. That part yeah. of the book is just like that was a great chapter. Oof, yeah. It's so like heavy. And it's that brutal. was his time where he was imprisoned. You know when yep. uh, when they ended up busting Rorschach. Finally, it took yep. it took a long time. And, and that's now, when in the, the book, book too, kicks you're in. really asking who this masked killer is and what is their motive. Yeah, What's the yeah. reason? There was an attempted assassination on Ozymandias as well. He survived, but. You, you know that there's someone out there looking for blood. Mm-hmm. There's this conspiracy theory. Uh, I guess like they call it a conspiracy theory in the beginning that it's a mask killer, you know. Uh, but Rorschach ends up being right, like Caleb said. Like uh, someone is out there trying to kill them. And later out we find out that it's not really uh, a mask killer as necessary. It's, it's uh, kind of all part of Ozymandias' plan. Exactly. Uh, so it turns kind of out that Ozymandias, I guess you could say, is the villain of the story, but you could also say he is the hero. Depends on how you look at of it. this story. It's and we'll, let's discuss that later on because, like, the way this ends, it is crazy. Yeah. Because Ozymandias essentially creates the state of affairs that lead way for Doctor Manhattan to be exiled. He puts Rorschach in prison. He kills the comedian. Mm-hmm. 
And the reasons he does this is create the possibility for international conflict and essentially to doom the United States yeah. only for, you know, his master plan for it to save all of the world. Yeah, uh, he creates this conflict. Like what he does with it is kind of like this this really convoluted plan. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. He essentially creates this extraterrestrial species that fucking wipes out all of New York. Um, yeah. And this is during the times where, you know, nuclear holocaust is imminent. They're thinking this is going to yeah, happen within yeah. a few days if Dr. Manhattan doesn't show back. But as soon as they see this extraterrestrial being just ravaging one of the largest cities in the world, humanity can't help but band together exactly, and yeah. form, you know, an, an international alliance so that way we can defend ourselves from the true threat, which would be other invasions. Yeah. And this is only possible to occur without Dr. Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan can't be in the picture for this. He created the tension which led to, you know, the fever of nuclear warfare. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. There's actually conspiracy theories out there that um, that actually is something that will happen in the future. Like an extraterrestrial. It probably being, would be good for us. It will attack would. us and then the government will use that for us to get together with other countries i guess that's like a far out there conspiracy theory i've heard somewhere but um yeah I mean, it's, it it's makes sense though it is one of those things like wh how could you band all these people together who obviously are you There's know at war over nationalism yeah the only way to do it is to make Something them the invaders and than even, the earth is one yeah. yeah the earth is one versus the space and ozymandias has this whole spiel about the um the, his idea of humanity and mm -hmm. why he does this because he kills like so many innocent people um for this plan and um he kind of sees it as the, like the the greater good of of you know i guess putting humanity uh together bringing humanity together and how do you feel about that jano personally um you know it's like kind of that question like you know with world war ii um they bring up this a lot in the book too with like the hiroshima bombs that which mm -hmm. kind of foreshadows this event from happening is it worth it to kill innocent people to save more lives in my viewpoint i would say no like i don't think it's it's worth it maybe not for the well, when you compare this to hiroshima it's it's a little bit it's a little different, different. Yeah. it's a little bit different but, um but i mean i think in this i still book, see ozymandias yeah. as a villain and that's my that's my perspective. And to give you my final verdict on Ozymandias, I see him as the true hero of the book. That's interesting. Okay. I see him as the one who saved humanity. And I mean, it, it shows that because Dr. Manhattan found out on his plan, attempted to stop him, but only agreed with Ozymandias that this is for the greater good. But the, you have to think, though, Dr. Manhattan, is, Manhattan does... Uh, value human life but he's also a fatalist so i mean he's also a fatalist but i i think that he's able to see the master plan here and understand that it is good for you yeah. know our society but really does he have like he like he said he doesn't really have control over that much over what happens he does kill Rorschach to stop he it did. he yeah. killed Rorschach at the end of the book so to that, uh to stop I mean, him from going and Rorschach you know like what he said like one of the best lines he said right before he died was uh not even in the face of Armageddon never compromise he knew yeah. that you know I kind of agree he knew that trying to leave he was going to be killed by Dr. Manhattan he knew that he was going to be stopped but he could not in himself compromise and you know I just let Ozymandias win. I just can't uh, fathom the idea of killing innocent people to bring people together. I would just rather let nature take 
take its course yeah i mean know? in this created society though like what was going to happen otherwise there was going to be nuclear holocaust i'd say then let it be just then let, then let, let us be. blow ourselves up and self-destruct i'd rather do that than have the the conscience of millions of innocent people dead on my you know on my conscience millions you know? of innocent people dead for billions to be born it's it is an interesting you know, it's, concept it's like, and it's 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 tough to argue either way because there are like opposing and you know four views to each one but that's why i kind of you know when ross shark dies I, in the book i was just like no <laughs> Like yeah, I, I really wanted Rorschach to, to, to like stuff to watch. Yeah, I wanted Rorschach did get the uh, the story out. Yeah. He slid his journal up right before he left that's, for Antarctica for the yeah, final battle. That's so. like the very last page of the book. Yeah. Um, and, and like, I mean, it comes to show you how the book was able to be written. Yeah. They had to grab Rorschach's journal, otherwise they wouldn't have the true story. So thank you, Alan Moore, for being the man who was working at the post office and received that. Yeah, That's thanks. awesome. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, so Rorschach, it's, you know, like it all kind of ties together at the end. Like it has all these journal entries with Rorschach talking about his thoughts and about what's all going on. And let's kind of talk about, to like, just end the character discussion, uh, one of the darkest parts of the book, the darkest secret in the book, and it's between three of the Watchmen and the Minutemen. So there oh, yeah. is um, Silk Spectre, who, as we said, is Lori Jupiter's mom. Lori Jupiter, once again, girlfriend of Dr. Manhattan's. Silk Spectre is a dime piece. Dime. She's sexy, and she's in the Minutemen, so she's an OG. OG girl. Now, she was hooking up with my boy Hooded Justice in the Minutemen. Yeah, her, her and Hooded and Justice And Lori were, were always suspected that her true dad was Hooded Justice, and Hooded Justice impregnated Silk Spectre, and that's where Lori came from. Only to find out that the comedian had raped her mother, Silk Spectre, and gotten her pregnant with Lori. Yeah. So the comedian is Lori's dad. Yeah. When uh, she finds this out, it's so... Uh it's savage. It's horrible. Yeah. And I mean, in the book, too, you're reading the entire time and you're reading about how you know, horrible the comedian is. Yeah. You know how, like, you from the beginning, it shows the rape scene, like, very early on in the book. Mm -hmm. And you kind of, it, it kind of implies that's where Lori came from. I guess, you know. Yeah, there are a few implications until, like, you get to the part where it's revealed. Yeah. And it's it's then horrible it's like, to think about the fact that, you know, the comedian, the worst character, I mean, the true villain of the book, really, like, yeah. more so than Ozymandias to me, he just shows, like, you know, the corruption of government. He is and a true fatalist, a true... Uh, he's uh, a horrible guy. Yeah, doesn't see the value of any human of human I mean, life he's really. raping other people in the Minutemen. he's raping his like colleagues it's horrible yeah. and um i like you know he kind of talks about there's a lot of really good quotes by the comedian actually regardless of how fucked up he is he actually has some really interesting like quotes i think one yeah. of them was it, like about how like yeah. his name is the comedian because he always has to find a way to to laugh and i think the quote you're looking for is uh once you realize what a joke everything is oh, yeah. being the comedian is the only thing that makes sense and that's and it, that's the the reason of the symbol of the book the watchman do you see the smiley face that's why there's a smiley face for the Watchmen because it really comedy or laughter is the the true medicine for you know all all of your ailments really I guess mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. what the comedian was trying to get at but he's just so fucked up he copes with it in a you know not the way you're supposed to I guess yeah let's, let's touch upon like another like sub story to the book and one of my favorite sub stories ever in a book and that is uh, Tales of the Black freighter yeah this is really cool it's like a comic book inside a comic book and it's like really uh this is like where it gets kind of convoluted you know like and it's a super dark story in this comic yeah. book so essentially a uh a pirate is stranded on an island because his boat falls he creates a boat out of 
the dead human beings that floated in off of his boat, yep. survives off her human flesh, and pretty much turns into a carnivorous fuck. Yeah. He sails back to his hometown. He wants to go to under the assumption that he's going to find people and like reconnect with humanity. But by the time he gets there, he's so far he's so far gone, and it's it's real. It is really dark because he does turn into a carn carnivorous you know being and uh because he's seen so much like you know uh of, of nature that's like really fucked up like at one part of the that novel inside there he uh runs into some sharks on his little raft and mm-hmm. uh he straight up just like spears one and uses it as his raft yeah and he, he rides in on a dead great white shark uh, <laughs> and then and he like, like what is the relation do you dead... think like between the tale of the black freighter to the watchman like if there is a so, relation the actual writer writer of the tales of the black freighter is one of the characters in the book so max shia though is the writer of this uh, fictional comic book tales of the black freighter now he mysteriously vanishes at some point in the i think 70s or 80s and uh so do a lot of other um like you know artists what happens later you find out that he's working on this supposed like film production in in the book but you figure out later it's actually the the extraterrestrial the Creation, alien project yeah. that Ozymandias, Adrian Veidt, is working on. So um, it's kind of crazy because uh, at the end of the book, uh, Ozymandias wants to erase all traces of this evidence. So when they're on the boats, they go on this boat to kind of take go back to civilization with the alien project they have, Max Shia and all these other artists. Uh, essentially what happens is Ozymandias plants a bomb in the boat and fucking just kills everybody in the boat and it kind of just shows like how calculated ozymandias is because in this book the bad guy does win ozymandias creates a uh, better society for us by doing a thing that as john o said is is a bad thing i mean it and i'll say the same thing killing innocent people is bad but it is for the greater good i feel like in the watchman i feel like it does have a happy ending in a weird way maybe your protagonist doesn't win in the book but humanity there does. really is no protagonist in this book really like what well, yeah i mean, but, kind I mean of, there's an antagonist in, in ozymandias you can consider it ozymandias but to me he is a protagonist really. yeah it's either how you look at it it's really fucking awesome and real quick before we get out of here too Jono, i want to get your uh favorite character in the book my favorite character is raw shark he's badass like when i first read the book i didn't like raw shark that much after the second reading i was like kind of just so intrigued by his like dark past and like just the uh the um similarities between him and and batman like kind of like really uh, intensified the second time i read it which was awesome and he's just a super badass especially when he's in the prison and he's like fucking killing all the the inmates when the riots happen it's just like intense yeah that's an awesome scene (laughs) yeah that is and uh for me i'm gonna go with a controversial pick here ozymandias that is my favorite character in the book uh he is the man in my mind he's he's the one who pulled everything off also there was an expert in the book where a journalist is going to interview ozymandias in the antarctic uh place that ozymandias was at and ozymandias walks up to the journalist knowing he's from la and says this isn't the kind of snow you're used to in la he opened (laughs) up to the journalist on a fucking cocaine joke like ozymandias is down for the shit i like ozymandias i yeah it's he's super calculated though. Yeah, it almost seems like he'd be a bro though too. Like I, 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 I don't, don't know. know. I get a good vibe from him. I, I do. I don't. Not in the movie. That in the movie they make him such a bitch. Oh my god, they make everybody yeah, a bitch yeah. in the movie. Fuck the movie. One last time before we get out there. Just say. Count of three. Here. Yeah.
One, one, two, two three. three. Fuck, fuck the, the movie. movie. Read the book. Yeah. Say it along with us now. One, <laughs> two, two, three. Fuck, fuck the movie. movie. Read, Read the, the book. book. All right, guys. We're going to go ahead and give this thing a ranking and a rating. <laughs> John O. Top five book? Uh, hell yeah. Uh, yeah, it's my number my number two favorite top five of okay. all time. Okay, right on. And what would you give it out of 10? I'm going to give it uh, 10,000 stars out of 10. Not so. surprised. I'm going to go ahead and give it a 9.25. It's an awesome fucking read. It is fantastic. You have to read it. You simply must. Um, but not a 10. Just not a 10. For, I mean, for a graphic novel, for a graphic novel, it's a 12 out of 10. It's incredible. But, but as, an, as a I mean, novel, when, when I'm comparing it, it to like, yeah, to other novels, it is a great novel. It's right up there with the best of them. But I just can't give it that elusive 10 spot. I certainly can. But that's just my opinion, I guess. You know, that's whatever you guys feel like if you love Watchmen, you know, tell us what your favorite part was, you know, for sure. An and you know how you can tell us, send us an email at bookhousekids at gmail.com bookhousekids at gmail.com. Someone, please, anybody, we don't have any friends. Yeah. And that's going to be about it for this episode. Talking about one of the best graphic novels ever. And until next week, you guys keep on reading those books and make sure you pick up Jitterbug Perfume by Tom Robbins. Cause that is next week's episode. And we are talking about an epic, a true epic. All right, guys, take her easy. Bye.